Hi, we're back again. In this segment, I've got Ohio State fan Julian, who we will be talking about that game because he's going to that game. We've got a whole slate this weekend of both NFL and college games. Julian? Welcome, everybody. As Stan said, um, OH, big Ohio State fan here. We're going to get into that game, but we're going to start off with number 21 Tulane at number 25 Cincinnati. It's the second noon game, I believe, on Friday. It's Friday game, big noon game Friday. Yeah. Um, these are two very good teams, as you guys know. Cincinnati was in the college football playoff last year, so... I can see this being a nail-biter type of game, but I do have Cincinnati pulling it out. Second game on that Friday, we have North Carolina versus NC State. Um, NC State's no slouch here. I, um, I hope that North Carolina doesn't take them lightly because this game could depend on you know how good of a bowl game they'll get at, since they're 9-2 mm-hmm. right now. So hopefully... Hopefully, North Carolina does what they have to do. Uh, we have number 16, UCLA and Cal. Um, at this point, pretty pointless game in the season since UCLA is 8-3, so they don't really have a shot at the college football playoff. I mean, I guess this would help them in their division. You know, they'll probably get a Pac-12 championship game, possibly. Potential Rose Bowl implications yeah. if USC were to make the if playoffs? Yeah, so... This game, kind of a throwaway game, but it could mean something, potentially. Um, we have number 19, Florida State, playing Florida. That's a 7.30 p.m. game Friday. Um, it's very unusual that Florida's kind of a middle-of-the-pack team because everyone's so used to Florida being good. And Florida State being a sleeper with, at 83. Mm-hmm. Like I said, this could have. This is another game that could have bowl game implications. Yep. But we kind of notice a lot of the even crazier games with massive playoff implications are all on Saturday. Yeah. yeah. And all in those prime slots. And as we know, Georgia. If Georgia Tech beats Georgia, that could. That can change the, yeah, that can mess up everyone's college football, football. bracket because everyone thinks Georgia's going to get in. But I don't see Georgia Tech doing that. Even though they're good, they're not going to do that. I feel like they'll probably ruffle the feathers of Georgia a little bit. Um, Georgia Tech has something to prove. You know, they're coming out playing the best team in the country, so they want to play fast. They want to play hard. You know, they yeah. want to get everyone's attention. The thing with Georgia, um, they've been having a couple. They've been having bad starts the last couple of weeks. Besides the Tennessee game where they came yeah. out guns blazing. Yeah. But, <laughs> I had fun watching that game. Yeah. So the one thing I don't want Georgia to do, because I want to see them in a playoffs because they're a good team. I don't want to see them come out and take Georgia Tech lightly and underestimate them, and then lose the game. Yeah, because as you said, if Georgia Tech upsets Georgia that that opens the door for LSU it opens the door for LSU it opens the door for Clemson to Clemson to Alabama even with two losses 
And do we really want a two-loss Alabama in the playoffs? No. No. I don't think they deserve to be in with two losses. Another good game. We have um, South Carolina coming up, coming off their, their beat down of Tennessee last week. Hold on, hold on. I think we kind of skipped a game. There's a game, the other game slotted at Big Noon. The game you're going to, Ohio State, Michigan, you know, you know, in Columbus. I was going to talk about that game last, but yes, yes, yes. We, you know, we have the Ohio State Buckeyes going against those those no good Michigan Wolverines. Hey, but you got to give Jim Harbaugh his due. You got to give him his due. I mean, he wasn't that good of a he wasn't that guy in the NFL, but. Well, in my opinion, the San Francisco 49er upper management did him dirty. Because, honestly, Mr. Harbaugh and the executives probably had very different worldviews. True. (laughs) You see that a lot where... You see that a lot where GMs and head coaches will butt heads, which is most of the times why coaches get fired. But if you're a good coach, you're going to get picked up. And he... He was a good coach in the NFL. He got the Niners to a Super Bowl. And arguably could have got him to another had his quarterback not gotten hurt. Hey, but look at him now. He's making that good money in Michigan. I'm pretty sure he's one of the top five paid college college football coaches Uh, right now. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Probably him, Nick Saban, Jimbo Fisher. Um... Ryan Day, Ohio, Ohio State, State, potentially. And then probably Lincoln Riley. At USC. Yeah. Or, uh, what's his name that just left Notre Dame to go to uh, Brian Kelly? Brian Kelly. <laughs> yeah, this this game here, this game here has huge, huge, huge <laughs> playoff implications. Um, massive ones. <laughs> massive ones. Now, like, like me and him were talking about earlier, we... We, we would rather not see two SEC teams get in, but there's still a way for two Big Ten teams to get in. Um, obviously, you got Stan, Stan has Ohio State losing. Um, I feel like there's no in between. It's either going to be a close game or a blowout. But this is number one offense in the country versus number one defense in the country. Mm-hmm. And if so, I remember correctly, Ohio State's got the top offense. Michigan's got the top defense. Yeah. Also, to factor in with that game, Michigan could potentially be without their starting running back. And if they lose it close, they could make a legitimate argument to the committee about how they weren't at full power but given, as we all know, Michigan's non-conference schedule was trash. Yeah, I was about to say, they're, <laughs> they're going to bring up strength of schedule when it comes to Michigan. Now, That's why Michigan has to win out in order to get there. Which is why, which is why I said that... Ohio State could get in with one loss based off of our schedule because we beat three top 25 teams this year. And arguably a 
arguably two top ten. If Notre Dame gets there after beating. If Notre Dame gets there by the end of the season, because we beat them when they were ranked three at the beginning of the year. Yep. We beat um, a 10-state, we beat a a 10-ranked Penn State at the time. Yep. So, I I think just our strength of schedule, even if we lose this, even, this is the big end, if we lose to Michigan, you know, a one-loss Ohio State team can get in. You would probably be the four. But we'd, you'd yeah, get in. Yeah, we'd be the four, but we would get in. But there's another game down the list. Of course, we have Alabama-Auburn. Alabama has to win, has to take Auburn to the woodshed in order to even have a tiny shot. Do we as Big Ten fans want that? No, we do not. Enough said about the Iron Bowl. Yeah, we have TCU, Iowa State. This should be a, that should be TCU, an easy game with TCU. I wouldn't be surprised if TCU plays their second string in the whole game. TCU. Okay. Or they might play their starters the first half, just so they can go up by four or five scores and then let their second stringers play the second half. Yeah. I could see that. Um, like you said, though, we have Notre Dame, USC. Notre Dame after that after after that shaky start to the season they found their path so uh, they're mm-hmm. trying to they're trying to find their way into the top ten and get a pretty good bowl game but this USC team they're, they're ten and one going in this game mm-hmm. but Notre Notre Dame is known for upsets you know they had an upset this year against a uh, they they beat a fourth ranked team so yeah I don't know huge playoff implications. Um, but as part of that, as part of that scenario where we want two Big Ten teams in the playoffs, Notre Dame has to beat USC. It absolutely has to. Otherwise, because if they lose the USC, you see, yeah, they still have a chance to get in. Yeah, USC could overtake Tennessee, provided Tennessee would lose a close one to Vandy, which I don't see happening, because Vanderbilt. <laughs> and then, like you said, we, um, I don't see how TCU, like, like you were saying, I don't think it's fair that if TCU loses that they shouldn't get in, but because if, if TCU is undefeated, they 100% will yeah. get in, but if they lose, if they lose one game, kind of like they're out, which, like I was telling you earlier, I don't feel it's fair because people are talking about a two-loss Alabama team still having a chance. A two-loss LSU still has a chance. They're saying Clemson still has a chance. Clemson's a one-loss team. Clemson's a one-loss team, though, but... Based off the the average strength of schedule, the ACC, there's a reason why SEC teams and Big Ten teams... Can get, get a little, yeah. can get a little more grace than the ACC, the Big Twelve, and the Pac Twelve. And should it be this way? No. Which I thought was weird because everyone was like, "Oh, Tennessee has one loss and they're out." But I was like, "Why?" If you guys are saying a two-loss Alabama team still deserves to get in. Now, regardless of if Tennessee, regardless on if Tennessee gets in or not, which is at this point a long shot. Like I say, Hendon Hooker's gone for the year. He tore the yeah. ACL. So. And Tennessee is a two-loss team. Yeah. So. 
what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> outside of outside of those games, there's a sleeper. There's a sleeper game. Okay. Well, it's not really a sleeper game, but we have number ten Utah and Colorado. So oh. this 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 game, um, Utah has to win this game so that they can get in the Pac-12 championship. And it would most likely be against USC. USC. So if we want to go that route, or if 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 they beat Notre Dame, and then let's say, you know, we can have a crazy scenario. Let's say Georgia take upsets Georgia. So then you have Utah playing USC for the Pac-10 championship, mm-hmm. and whoever gets in, whoever wins the Pac-12 championship, can have, has potential to get in. Pac, that would probably have to happen that way. Yeah, it would have to happen that way, especially if Georgia or TCU loses. But like I said earlier, the odds of Georgia losing. But the are odds of Georgia low. losing is slim to none. Honestly, the odds of TCU losing. I are mean, slim Iowa to State's nine. four and seven. So. Yeah. But that that could be crazy if Utah sneaks in because of something like that. But if there is the upset and Utah ultimately wins the Pac-12. Then you throw in the Alabamas, the LSUs, the Tennessees, the loser of Ohio State, Michigan. I mean, technically, you would probably have to throw UCLA in that scenario too, oh. in a three-way because yeah, UCLA's eight three, and Utah and Utah's eight three. Uh, you're not getting, you're not getting an, a three-loss team in there. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's it. Has to be. Either one loss or, or no two, losses. Or, yeah, one, two, Unle- Two if it's, like, Alabama, like they're saying. Alabama, LSU, Tennessee. Yeah. That's the only way. And we, we as fans don't want that. Yeah. But yeah, like I was saying, just, just, just thinking hypotheticals, you know, a super stupid, crazy situation. Because then that would, that would really be a mix-up if... USC wins, Utah wins, and... Utah wins the Pac-12 title. Yeah. The winner of the Pac-12 championship, at worst, gets a Rose Bowl bid. Likely against the loser of Ohio State-Michigan, unless... Unless the Big Ten West representative wins the Big Ten, then they would get the automatic bid as part of the Rose Bowl agreement between the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, where the top team outside of the playoffs, because the Rose Bowl is not involved in the playoffs this year, the Rose Bowl gets the top Big Ten team and the top Pac-12 team who are not in the playoffs. So theoretically, but then so let's say you so let's say USC gets in the playoffs. That means the Rose Bowl would be between UCLA and Utah. You have to have a Big Ten representative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, no. It, it, it would be, it would be one of those two teams that get in it, but they would play a Big Ten team versus say like. Michigan or Ohio State, whoever loses that game, or 
Purdue or Iowa or even Minnesota, whoever wins the West. Yeah. If the West wins it, the West, that team would be the Big Ten representative, barring some weird setup. Because remember, also in 2020, when IU had the second best record, they gave the second place bowl where the Big Ten has a tie. Even though IU had a better record, they gave it to Wisconsin. And IU beat Wisconsin. I'm just really thinking of some crazy hypotheticals <laughs> in my head. So, oh, go right ahead. You know what would be crazy? So, like, <laughs> I don't know why I keep assuming that Georgia could lose, even though I don't think they will. No, they're not. But, so, another hypothetical. Let's say Georgia loses to Georgia Tech in Week 13, which will probably still keep them in the playoff rankings. They would probably only drop to two. Week 14, though. The conference they, championship. They play LSU for the conference championship. So, we would have an 11-1 and Georgia versus a 10-2 and LSU. And then, are you thinking a what if Georgia loses this week and next week? Yeah. Then you would have... That, like you said, that's going to open up. That's going to open the door back up for Tennessee for sure. Alabama for sure. The loser of Ohio State, Michigan. Yeah. Provided that it's Ohio State, because strength of schedule, the committee's going to look at that. And they're already not happy with Michigan, because they scheduled trash teams. Exactly. So. Now, had, had that been Indiana and not Michigan, it would kind of be the same thing. That was very Thank you. Because... Indiana's non-com did not look all that great either. Because they had, like, FCS Idaho, and Idaho almost beat them. And then another crazy scenario for Week 14. So, let's say let's say Clemson loses this week. Okay. And North, and North Carolina wins. So, ACC Championship we would have a 10 and 2 Clemson and a 10 and 2 North Carolina. At that point the ACC's out of a playoff shot. Yeah, so Clemson has to win out to get in. Mhm. That would be the correct answer. Uh North Carolina I guess you they don't really have a chance, but if if you want to use certain scenarios and finagle it if they win out there could be a chance that they get in. Because if they went out, North Carolina would still be a, ten, a, a two-loss team. But yep. they're considering three other two-loss teams, so. Because as we're... I'm looking, actually, at College Football Week 14. The SEC Championship has already been announced as being LSU versus Georgia in Atlanta. That's basically so. that's basically a home game for, for, for Georgia because Atlanta and Athens is about an hour and a half from each other, hour hour and a half. Yep, we're talking the Mountain West, Fresno State and Boise State. I hope it's at Boise State. It's at Boise. I love Boise State's the blue field, <laughs> the blue turf. I Let's go it. with that. And yeah, we're looking at it. You, it's already. 
slated as a Clemson versus North Carolina matchup in the ACC title game at in Charlotte. Okay. And Charlotte's not far from the University of North Carolina. And maybe Charlotte, a couple of hours? Yeah, Charlotte and Raleigh's about two hours. And Raleigh, and that's not far from Duke either. Yeah. So that's crazy. I'm looking at... There's also the MAC championship where Toledo is... The rest of these are to be determined. Toledo playing somebody for the MAC title. Uh, The Big Ten is yet to be decided as well, and that's... I mean, I feel like the Big Ten championship... (laughs) This is the Big Ten championship this week, Ohio State-Michigan. As much as people don't want to admit it, this is the Big Ten championship. Oh, and here's another kicker. The Big Ten is going to be ending the division nonsense. Yeah. Because... What is it? Did it really promote fair competition? No. Because... Basically, what you had was the Big Ten East winning just about everything except for like one or two titles. Whether that was Ohio State or Michigan last year, or even a scenario where the top three Big Ten East teams were better than the best of the Big Ten West. Kind of like what we had with Ohio State, Indiana, and I think one other team was better than the entirety of the West in the COVID-shortened year, which was insane. But we're going to let that go and continue now to the NFL matchups. My Buffalo Bills. Week 13. Week 13 is a very interesting week. Started with these Thanksgiving games. Um, uh, I'm I'm liking all of these matchups, really. I'm liking all of these matchups. Um, my 7-3 and three Buffalo Bills. Um, we play the New England Patriots 8-15. Uh, actually, you ha- you're at in Detroit playing Detroit. You're right. I'm looking at week 13 and not week 12. <laughs> okay. Thanksgiving weekend. So, my 7-3 Buffalo Bills play the Detroit Lions, who were on a four-game, three-game win streak. Um, yep. At Detroit. Um, as much as people don't want to admit it, the Detroit Lions, they have a lot of upside. I feel like they're a good team. They have, they have a top-10 offense in the NFL. Yep. But the thing is, their defense can't stop anyone to save their lives, which is mm-hmm. why... Because I think five five out of the six games they lost this year were by was by one score or less. Yes, Detroit isn't a bad team. It's just their defense can't stop anybody. They're yeah, because they can put up points on just about anybody. With Jared Goff of all people, their their running back tandem of Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift is. Crazy. They have uh, a Amon Ross St. Brown. They just got DJ Chark back from injured reserve. One of the mistakes they made was uh, letting go of my boy TJ Hawkinson. Yeah. But Where did he go? He went to Minnesota. 
and we'll they be gave talk- Kirk Cousins more weapons. And we'll be talking about that game here in a minute. <laughs> so, but obviously, like I said, they can put up points, but they can't stop Peter from putting up points. So with that being said, I could see. Now I know Josh Allen's been playing hurt with this whole Tommy John thing. I know mm-hmm. they've probably been, you know, drugging him up, and he's probably been. He probably hasn't been throwing much in practice the past couple of weeks. Yeah. You can see it in his games, especially last week. I think he only threw the ball 20, 25 times, which is usually un- unusual because Josh Allen's throwing 45-plus most games. Yeah. So for him to only throw the ball 20 times, you kind of know that he's injured. But one of the things I've been saying about the Bills for a minute, we don't have a run game, unfortunately. I just don't yeah. think Devin Singletary is a good running back. No. I feel like I feel like with all the moves we made in the offseason, we could have got a running back. There is a running back out there who just got released by Denver. Melvin Gordon. They just released Melvin Gordon? They released him yesterday, if I've looked at it correctly. Really? I could see us picking him up for the playoffs. But you also you also just got Naeem Hines a couple of weeks ago in a trade with Indianapolis, too. So the idea is maybe you guys need to utilize him a little bit in we can use him in sweep game. He's a pretty he's a pretty decent rusher. Like I said, I haven't watched many Colts games to see how Naeem Hines is. Uh, they. I know what, he's more of an out of the backfield catcher type of guy. Yes, they. What happened was the Colts did not said they were going to use him in that catching out of the backfield game this season and did nothing about it. Why do you think Frank Wright got fired and Jeff Saturday was brought in? <laughs> True. I mean, honestly, I would be willing. To part ways with Devin Singletary and keep Mahin Hines and pick up Melvin Gordon. Because I behind our O line, because I think we have a top three, top four O line yeah. in the NFL. I think you guys do too. So if we get, because Melvin Gordon's a pure rusher. Yeah, the issue I think it was with Denver cutting him was he had he has had multiple fumbles. And he did get cut from my fantasy team. And I'm looking at getting... I put a waiver claim on the new Kansas City starter. Uh, is it Macheco? Yes. Okay. I mean, I'm loaded with fantasy <laughs> running backs. I mean, I have... I can just show you guys real quick. So, my, my fantasy running back tandem, it's, it's pretty nasty. So... I have, I have Austin Eckler, Damian Pierce. Even though Damian Pierce is playing for an absolutely sorry Houston Texans team. Yeah, we all know Houston's quite likely yeah. getting the number one pick in the draft, and will most likely draft a quarterback. If they're smart, they would draft a quarterback. Oh yeah. I mean. I don't know. I can see. I mean, Damian Pierce has 800 yards rushing this year. I'm pretty sure by the end of the season he'll finish with a thousand. So he's the one bright spot in that sorry Houston Texans offense. Unfortunately, I mean, Davis Mills. 
He had flashes of what he could be last year, but I, I just don't know what happened to the kid. Yeah. But yeah, I, I have Austin Eckler. I have Damian Pierce. Um, I also have I have Cordell Patterson. I have Cordell Patterson as well. And I have Leonard Fournette. So the one thing that probably gives Cordell Patterson a little bit more of an edge than most of those guys. He's a return specialist as well. And that return game got him some points last week when he ran one back. Which is hey, he helped. He helped. He, I mean, I lost last week, but hey, yeah. he still helped. He still helped my fantasy with that. Yeah, I actually I won mine, and most of those, and most of my points were. I mean, via Cordell Patterson were that special teams touchdown. I mean, Josh Allen gave me, I think, 18 points last week. And Justin uh, Justin Fields had 25 on the bench, so I was pretty disappointed that I haven't started him back-to-back weeks. Because, mm-hmm. well, a couple weeks ago, the way they were talking about Josh Allen's Tommy John, you know, his Tommy John situation, um, yep. you know, since that's a baseball pitcher injury, I'm like, oh, Josh Allen's going to go get his surgery, be out the rest of the year, and we're just going to rest him up for next year and go on our Super Bowl run. Because basically, as good as our team is, it's Super Bowl or bust. Yeah, because I feel like us getting to the playoffs is pretty obvious. I think, I think Buffalo's window. You've probably got three to five years. Yeah, I don't see it closing anytime soon. Yeah, because honestly, the only, like I said, the only teams really that are that has like Super Bowl or bus. Kansas City. Us, Kansas City. Maybe, maybe San Diego. I wouldn't even say the Chargers. Honestly, Philadelphia or the Niners. Come yeah, because Philly and San Francisco are basically the class of the NFC right now. And you know that kind of makes me a little bit happy being a Niners guy as well as a Colts guy. <laughs> I mean, I'm a... And that's even with <laughs> Jimmy G running show alongside Christian McCaffrey, who they just got from Carolina. I mean, as much as I hate... Like I said, I'm, like Stan says all the time, I'm a Big Ten guy. As much as I hate the Pac-12, I am a huge Justin Herbert fan. But he's starting to look, he's starting to look overrated. He was overhyped coming mm-hmm. in because he's been in the league three years. He comes in with all these weapons. He's got Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, mm-hmm. Austin Eckler, J- Josh Palmer, and he has he, he has a top ten defense in the NFL and. You missed the playoffs last year. You go to the playoffs your rookie year, get bounced in, in the first round. Yeah. So it's not good. I mean, I know he has, I know he has out of this world arm talent, accuracy, pinpoint accuracy. But it's absolutely silly. It's it's absolutely silly. What like he has these weapons, and I don't feel like he's doing anything with them. Okay. But he also has, I feel like, what every good quarterback has. The same problem I was telling you earlier that Josh Allen has. Mm-hmm. He has to cut with the late-game interceptions. Yep. And stop trying to force, like... Now, mind you, these guys are guys that can make any throw on the field that you, that you need slash want from a quarterback. Mm-hmm. But sometimes they try to force throws into windows that they shouldn't go in, which is why they get interceptions. Yep. Because I feel like Josh Allen could be a guy that could go the whole season with throwing 
five picks max. But he tries to throw a lot of crazy tight window passes that get picked. Or the, now, mind you, he makes a lot of those passes. That's what Josh Allen's known for. He has crazy option, crazy accuracy as well. Kind of like early era Peyton Manning. Yeah. Because in some of those instances, Peyton Manning made some of the same mistakes, but not as badly. Exactly. Now, let's go to the New York-Dallas game. Um, two seven and three teams. I don't know, I don't know what's the recipe of what they got going on out there in Dallas, but... They've, they've got Dak back from injury, and he's actually looking really good. CD Lamb <laughs> is going bananas. Dak, Dak Prescott is looking like 2019 Dak Prescott that was in the MVP conversations. He's playing yes. absolutely out of his mind. They they beat the snot out of the eight and after the <laughs> yes, eight out, out of the eight and one Vikings. Yes, they did. So sorry to our Viking fan co-workers on that one. Yeah, we're sorry, but <laughs> I don't know. I think the Cowboys are. I think, you know how the Cowboys say every year is their year. I mean, hey, the way the way Dak yeah. and the boys are playing right now, it could be their year. Yeah. And the funny part is, Tony Pollard is their. It looks like Tony Pollard's upstaged Zeke Elliott in the running game. Now, every, apparently, everyone keeps saying that. They should, you know, trade slash release uh, release Zeke Elliott. I think Mike McCarthy came out with a statement a couple days ago. Um, it was on Twitter. Apparently, he's saying they're still going to use that two running back set and feed both of them. Okay. But I think Zeke's going to do more. You know, he's going to do more catching out of the backfield, more you know, red zone. He's going to get In the more, red zone. Yeah, touches. But Tony Pollard's probably going to get most of between the, between yeah. the twenties. I could see that. And if the system works, the system works. And then you've got... You've got Bears, Jets. Um, okay. Jets are winning games, but it's I'm starting to hear about some team turmoil. Because um, if I'm being... Zach Wilson's <laughs> playing like absolute garbage right now. They're 6-4 and four yeah. because of their defense. DJ Reed and Sauce, Car- Sauce Garner, two of the best corners at NFL. Sauce yeah. Garner's a rookie. He's yeah. Gonna, he's going to be a pro bowl. But, I don't know, Zach, Zach Wilson's just not feeding his guys. Um, I know they took a hit when Brees Hall tore his ACL a couple weeks ago. It's his rookie year also. Mm-hmm. So, that kind of sucks to tear your ACL your rookie year. But uh, You've also got Miami versus Houston, which is basically going to be the Tua and Tyreek show, featuring a couple of other guys. I wouldn't be surprised if Miami lays 40. We have another good game, uh, Bengals-Titans. <laughs> Titans are on a five-game win streak, if, it, if no one knew. Uh, that's... We need Cincinnati to beat them. <laughs> Bengals, As a Colts fan. Uh, Bengals coming off their, their, their win last week versus Steelers. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Joe Burrow's cruising right now. He's taking it easy, obviously. Jamar Chase is, I believe, out for at least the next four weeks. Yep. So, he's, I feel like he's kind of lost in his offense because so many of his targets went to Jamar Chase. But now he's, I mean, he's utilizing Joe Mixon more. He's got Tyler Boyd. He's got uh, T. Higgins. So, we're seeing truly how good 
And T. Higgins is their tight end. And Boyd's their wide receiver, too, if I remember correctly. Yes. Yeah, I can see that. We got the battle of two garbage teams. We have Broncos, Panthers, a game no one's going to watch, but hopefully yeah, the Broncos much. win. Um, we have the 5-5 five and five Buccaneers. They're on a three-game win streak against the 3-7 and seven Browns. Bucks and the Browns. Okay. Um, Brady, uh, I, I don't, I don't want to say it, but... Uh, he needs to hang him up. I think he's starting to heat up. Tom Brady plays way better under controversy, and everyone's saying, oh, he should have stayed retired. Well, hey, those Buccaneers are on a three-game win streak. Because as we all know, Brady is more of a late-season playoff kind of guy when he gets hot. Yeah. But I think Jacoby Brissett has got some tools I mean, his offense is crazy. He has Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, uh, David Njoku just came back from injury. You have Amari Cooper. The weird thing is they're not using Kareem Hunt as much. I thought they were going to – I honestly thought they were going to trade Kareem Hunt at the trade deadline yeah. because they're not using him. Because someone tried to offer me Kareem Hunt for an, a name, a player I won't name. But I'm like – Mm, based off what I'm seeing performance-wise, not worth it. <laughs> nah, definitely can't do that. Another game I think could be very telling down the line for playoff implications, even though it's between Kansas City and Los Angeles. Honestly, if the Rams don't start picking it up, we're going to see a Super Bowl champion not make the playoffs. And we all know Pat Mahomes is Pat Mahomes, and he'll do Pat Mahomes things. That's why he's called Patty Ice. Patty Ice. Then we have a couple games that should be beatdowns. 8-2 Chiefs, 3-7 Rams. That we're, that's the game we were talking yeah. about. Yeah, I think Kansas City will beat them down and beat them down good. And I think San Francisco is going to do the same to New Orleans. It is in Santa Clara. I think the Eagles are going to beat on the Packers. <laughs> in the Sunday nighter. Um, yeah, and it's in Philly, so Green Bay's not getting that home cook meal for this weekend. Have, forgive me, but I have the Steelers beating your Colts. What is what do you have as the line for that? Um, I don't know. Can you pick it? I'll probably just run all over the field since you can't throw. Oh, since you can't throw it. <laughs> yes, yeah, since you can't throw it. Because hands are too small. Because honestly, honestly, if Kenny Pickett th throws it, you're gonna have issues with our corners. Because the our corners have been. <laughs> playing almost out of their minds. You it's, know, Stephon Gilmore. It's in Indy, though, which is... Yes. It is in Indy. It is a revenge game from Thanksgiving 2016? Because, you know, history of Pittsburgh and Indy. But there are two teams that Historically, the Colts have struggled with, whether it's a playoff game 
or it's in prime time. And honestly, yeah, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's one of them, and the Chargers are the other. I mean, I think they need to get rid of the Monday night game. I've been telling people this for at least the last two years. I've been. Why would you want to get rid of the Monday night game? Well, now that Amazon Prime's hosting the Monday night games, I mean, uh, I don't know. They're hosting the Thursday night games, and ESPN's got the Monday night game right now. Okay, okay, yes. So, so yeah, I'm confused. I got confused. We should keep the Monday night game, but we need to get rid of Thursday night games. So. Uh, absolutely, 100% agree. They've just been uh, really yeah. trash this year. And that would include Indy's win against Denver. I think the only what was the only good Thursday night game this year was it Chargers Broncos. That would be weird if the Broncos have already have played two Thursday night games. When if I remember correctly, I mean the Chargers have had two. Everybody's supposed to get one. I know. I believe the Raiders has had one. Um, I know for a fact the Chargers have had two. Interesting. But also to give further analysis to the Monday night game between the Colts and the Steelers, the biggest question for Indy is which Matt Ryan are we going to get? Are we going to get the Matt Ryan from last week against the Eagles? Can we get Matt Ryan from two weeks ago that ran for 40 yards? Or the Matt, or the Matt Ryan who, yeah, the Matt Ryan from two weeks ago with a little bit of consistent passing. We do, we do know that with Jeff Saturday having taken over there has been a marketed improvement on the offensive line. I think they're just a... He's just a very empowering coach. So when you have a guy like that, it's just going to make your team play strong. They're just going to play harder. I mean, because as I was talking about last week, I viewed it as a very good hire, even if it is just for the interim. But if he if he gets him even to the divisional round, he may stick around for a while. Wouldn't that be interesting? I mean, going from being a high school coach at a Christian high school, having no college experience, going all the way to the NFL like that. I mean, I kind of had a feeling they were going to like give him the full time job for some reason at the end of the year, anyways. Uh, I think it's not outside the realm of possibility because Jeff Jeff Saturday did a lot of good in Indy when he was Peyton Manning center. I was about to say he spent fourteen years, thirteen with Indy, one with Green Bay, and I actually read when I was doing my breaking news episode of them installing Jeff Saturday, he was actually on the practice squad for Baltimore. Really? Yeah. I was kind of shocked. 
I, I mean, we all knew Reggie Wayne spent a little bit of time in training camp with New England. And then he retired. This is true. <laughs> but, dude, we've got... As it is, we've got a crazy lineup of games this weekend. And as we all know in the game of football, any given Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Yes, yeah, so no wins no wins are guaranteed as much as people think they are. And just because you're a perennial power doesn't mean you can't get molly whopped by a a team who hasn't beat you in twenty th- or thirty years. And of course, Boise State versus Oklahoma in the Fiesta Bowl in two thousand seven. Exactly. <laughs> but as it is, Julian, our time is about up. This has been fun. I wouldn't be surprised if I if you I bring you back again in a few weeks. I have somebody coming in next week to talk conference title game and potentially a three-way NFL take cuz there's a chance I could get the guy who is who got Instagram famous over the Fire Frank Reich pictures. <laughs> hey, that's funny. Well, I know the kid. He is a drummer at my church. <laughs> hey. Which is kind of funny. <laughs> Sorry, Frank Reich. It happens to the best of everyone. Yeah. He'll get a job. He'll get a job. Someone will hire him next year. Probably as an offensive coordinator, not a head coach. But as it is... I mean, unless he goes to freaking... Unless he goes to Jacksonville or something. Yeah, hopefully not. I don't want him necessarily around Trevor Lawrence, who I want to see do decent things, except when playing Indianapolis, of course. I'm sorry, but I think it's already, it's not, it's already kind of bad for Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. But as it is, I will be back with you guys in a little bit if I'm not back again with you this week home is where the Shire is and be excellent to each other